0: following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts this season. These ancient words that your people have used for generations— May they work as they have for so long. May they work on our hearts, Lord, as we seek you out this Advent. In your Son, Jesus' name, amen. So we're going through what we call the O antiphons. So real quick uh, refresher, here's what an antiphon is. Um, An antiphon, it's Greek, it's short chant in Christian ritual or sung refrain. So the O antiphons, we know them best as the verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Um, But they are these ancient verses that the church has often sung the week leading up to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And so they are sung (coughs) and used as a reminder of who the Messiah is and what he's done. It uses a lot of ancient scriptural names for Jesus. Now, why do we sing these? Why do we do that? Three big reasons to learn, to praise, and to grow. They teach us who God is. They help us to grow as we seek to follow him. And it gives us a chance to praise his name for who he is, what he's done. So that's why we do this. And I love, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is one of those songs for me that it's like, okay, now it's the season, right? I don't know if you have songs like that for you. But for me, when, when O'come O'come Emanuel pops up in my playlist, it just feels right. So we have, um, in our house downstairs, we have you know four different smart speakers, because why not? Um, but last night, Chelsea took time and she set up the Christmas stuff. And so I walked down this morning, we had set up the tree already, but it was really exciting because I had gone to bed early And Chelsea was like, I'm just going to keep putting up Christmas stuff. And it was a lot of fun to turn that corner this morning into the living room and have all the Christmas stuff set up and decorated. And I just kind of took a moment. And the only thing missing, and it wasn't because I had taken NyQuil and it was rough waking up this morning. That's the reason it was. But I was running behind, but I was like, I just want to sit on the couch with every light off but the Christmas tree and just listen to a Come, O Come, Emmanuel. There's something about that, that like my devotional life grows during the Christmas season because you get a hot cup of coffee, the perfect spot on the couch and the Christmas tree on. And I don't know if that was like the 12th day of creation and God created the Christmas living room But there's something about it that, it's like a soul level thing for me. Just the way the lights hit, the darkness of the morning, a hot cup of coffee and the word. And there's just, you toss in O come, O come Emmanuel and listen, my soul is like, just like, all right, Lord, feed me. I don't know what that might be for you. Maybe it's, it's something else, but, but my prayer would be as you learn these verses of O come, O come, Emmanuel, these O antiphons, that that would be a place that you can return to. Because I find as I get older, the idea of the Christmas spirit shrinks. You know, when I was a kid, and this will date me, it was the Sears catalog. That's when you knew Christmas was coming because you got the thick Sears catalog and there was a bunch of junk in it. Tools, bed sheets, kitchen devices. But then you got to the toys and every toy that you could imagine was printed in color in that Sears magazine. And this is great because this is, most of us remember a time before the internet sorry bo bo do you remember a time before the internet no that's fine it's fine it's okay it's weird to me to think about like to think about think about that like we used to have to get the sears catalog and open it up and now it's just like let me get on amazon but that was when the christmas spirit started for me as a kid When that magazine hit, it was like Christmas is here. And listen, with a December birthday, you can celebrate all month, my friends. Listen, I remember Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which is possibly, now that I'm an adult, the worst Robin Hood rendition ever made. But I remember the birthday, that it was planned. I said, listen, For my birthday, here are the action figures I need. Lined it up. And listen, I got little, John. I got Robin Hood. I got the sheriff. I got enough to play. But I knew if I timed it right, I could get the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves battle wagon. And sure enough, under the Christmas tree that year was the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves Battle wagon. I was robbing from the rich and giving to my fun nonstop. And I remember for me that those transitions as I got older of being like, why does Christmas feel less magical? Where's the spirit gone? And what I realized quickly was, oh, Sears wasn't sending that magazine to kick off the Christmas season, they were sending it to kick off the Christmas sales. And so it shrinks a little bit and shrinks a little bit. And as I've gotten older, I found more and more, I find much more joy in the simple moments of the Christ child entering in, in my morning with a cup of coffee, the word, some Christmas lights, and some music. This morning, we're going to talk about a few words that are deeply profound in what they do and how they express who Jesus is. They're very simple. In fact, as I was prepping this week, I got into it a little deeper than I thought, and I was like, this was right in front of me the whole time. These are not hard ideas. They're actually very beautifully simple. But my prayer would be that somewhere on a playlist, on a set list, on Spotify, on Pandora, on however you listen to music this season, you would throw, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and one of of the old ones with all the verses in there. And that when these words would hit, you would have a moment where the, there's a reminder where the Christmas spirit, with all the fun around it, isn't Hallmark movies, it isn't Sears catalogs or Amazon wish lists, but it's the Christ child and it's the simple thing. So let's start. Let me read to you the two antiphons we're going to be singing today. The first is this, O come thou branch of Jesse's tree, free them from Satan's tyranny that trust thy mighty power to save and give them victory or the grave. And then the next one, oh, come thou key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee O Israel, we read today about the root of Jesse, and here we have in our antiphon that's expressed as the branch of Jesse. So in the Middle East, in Israel, you have a lot of olive trees, olives being one of the cornerstone crops of the economy. And I remember my mom um, has for many years led Bible studies at the church I grew up at. She still does that, even in retirement. And Saturday night, she would prep for Sunday morning. And there was this one series she led one time, um, and it was a series called, uh, I think it was The Dust of the Rabbi, a guy named Ray Vonderlaan. And it's this video series, and it's a guy who takes you in the video to the place in the Bible reading. So if you're talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, he's taking you around the Garden of Gethsemane in the video. And I loved those Saturday nights where mom who had already done her prep but wanted one more kind of get ready, I'd watch these videos with her. And I remember this guy Ray Vanderlawn talking about the idea of the olive tree and this stump of Jesse because an olive tree, even when cut, can have shoots grow through the stump. When we talk about this root of Jesse, this branch of Jesse, this is the lineage of Jesus. So Jesse being the father of David, David being a big deal, in the Old Testament and the promise of the Messiah coming from that lineage. Now, it's interesting because we sometimes can get into a place where we view that, especially David's line with blinders, because David is the biblical hero. We like to remember David with the lyre, who, who calms Saul's soul with his music. We like to remember David, the young shepherd who slays a giant with a slingshot. We like to remember David, the king who dances so hard, he throws off his outer garments to party that God is coming into the town. What we don't like to remember is David, the murderer, who kills one of his soldiers to take his wife. We don't like to remember David the father whose family is in shambles because of who he is. And Jesse's line, that would have been nothing new. Because as you look back over the years, there is an interesting setup of this line of Jesse. I'd encourage you, if you haven't, to grab one of the devotionals in the back. You can dive into some of that. But in this line, you have Rahab, who was a prostitute. You have Ruth, who even though one of the greatest stories in Scripture, as she marries Boaz and the kinsman redeemer and the foreshadowing of who Jesus is, she is a foreigner who has come into this line of David? And so when we sing, branch of Jesse, when we read about the root of Jesse, the good news when we speak that word is that God would still work through broken people. That he didn't look down and say, ooh, listen, I promised I was gonna use this line of Jesse, but boy, are they messed up. So, maybe not. Maybe I won't do that. No, in fact, he doubles down and says, no, this is it. This is who it is. These words from Isaiah, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. That in that day, the root of Jesse who shall stand as a signal for the peoples. And this was one of those brilliantly simple things that was staring me in the face. So often I think of Jesus, I think, oh yeah, the branch of Jesse, but it's also the root. That when Jesus comes from this line, he's not just born of the line of David, he is its founder and its foundation. That even as this group of people struggled over millennia and God still said, listen, I made this promise from these people, that that root runs through it, that Jesus is the good news of this branch of Jesse, that today when we sing, free them, free us from Satan's tyranny, that that was always the plan, to use these imperfect people bring forth the perfect savior and so from this line of jesse we get david who is the hero of many things of the old testament and in fact as people in the new testament were looking for the messiah to come they were looking for a david type who would come in and run out the romans who would come in and kick them to the curb But here we get this from Isaiah. And I'll place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open and none shall shut and he shall shut and none shall open. Which seems to be this strange, poetic back and forth. But here's the good news of Jesus being the one who holds and is the key of David. Is that when he says, In me and through me, you are saved, you are redeemed. He has opened and none shall shut. That salvation is yours because he has opened and none shall shut. And when he looks and he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, he shuts out every lie that says the way to salvation is found outside of me. He shuts and none shall open. He is this key. He is that gift. In our Romans reading today, Paul says something really profound talking about the branch of Jesse, but I think it has a profound impact talking about the key of David. He says, "'Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol him.'" And again, Isaiah says, "'And the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, and in him will the Gentiles hope.'" You see, this root of Jesse, this idea that the Messiah was coming from the line of David, would have given a lot of hope to the nation of Israel, But what God is reminding them, what Paul is saying here is that hope, that root, that branch is salvation for all mankind, not just for a certain group of people. And in fact, that branch, that root will become the key of David to open the ways of salvation to all people. There's a lot of things that will happen in this season. This last week, one of the, the big stories I came across is there's a big Baptist church up in Dallas, and they put on a big um, Christmas show every year, which is, you know, it's, that's their decision. That's great. But they have drummers suspended from harnesses from the ceiling, and they fly them out over the audience. And people have had big reactions to this. Because, you know, there's always going to be people outside the church who are going to say, well, look at those churches. You know, we should be taxing them. You know, all those kinds of things. And then there are people in the church who go, well, this isn't what Christmas is about. And all I'm sitting there thinking is going, that would be so much time in the middle of December to put all of this together. But there will be big shows like that. There will be incredible experiences you can go and do. I know around here, um, over at one of our sister churches in Cedar Park, they do a big Follow the Star that you can go over and drive through there. Um, there's Main Street of Bethlehem out in Burnett. Uh, there's uh, a smaller version of that kind of here this weekend for, in Georgetown for the um, stroll there's a lot of these experiences you can go and have. You might have the list of movies you gotta watch. In our household, that usually comes down to um, Elf, Charlie Brown, and White Christmas. Those are our kind of three, hey, we gotta hit those. I, I might throw in It's a Wonderful Life um, every, every couple years. Um, you know, maybe you say, hey, here's our tradition, we gotta get it done, we have to do this. And all of those things are great and all of those things are brilliant. But I'd encourage you to take time to slow down. To look and to say, Lord, from the root of Jesse, you came. From this promise you made ages ago, you came. And the door was shut and you opened it. You were the key of David, that promise that was foretold over and over again for me. And our joy, when Paul writes in Romans, oh, you Gentiles rejoice, that's us. The way was opened for us. Come now, key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Have fun this Christmas season. Watch the movies, go to the places, do the things. But I'd also encourage you, take a moment and slow down with the wide Christmas spirit, because listen, uh, that's uh, part of my thing is, like my rule is like, hey, I wanna go walk the square once in Georgetown at night. Because that's where a little bit of Christmas spirit still dwells in all those lights for me. i invite you to join me in slowing down and saying, Lord, through the line of Jesse, you sent the key to my salvation. At this time, may I slow down and remember again and again that good news for me, for my friends, for my family. If you have an Advent wreath, even better, do it around the Advent wreath. If you don't know what an Advent wreath is, come talk to me. I'll share with you. I'll tell you about it. I, listen, we made some as a church five years ago. I know the aisle at Hobby Lobby where all the Advent wreath stuff is stored because so I spent 20 minutes staring at it going, what do we need? We sent the non-craft guy to go buy all the craft supplies. But all of these things, the lights... The joy, the candles, the carols all point us back to those simple facts. Would you pray with me? May we slow down to see these simple things. It's easy for us to get lost, for our eyes to be drawn astray, to think we have to manufacture some kind of Christmas spirit. But instead, Lord, let us return to the fact that through broken people, you sent a savior. That we did not need to be perfect for him to come. And Lord, let us rejoice. The doors to our heavenly home are flung open. That the Christ child in the manger was the key to the door that we had no way of unlocking. Lord, may we learn more about you. May we praise your name and may we grow as your followers this Christmas season. Amen.